You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Last week, we were, uh, Carl and Pearl were here. Um, we're probably just going to start opening a Dallas Airbnb at our house for how many people from Dallas and Louisiana and all over just show up to our house. And so we were uh, driving Carl and Pearl around, and we were actually at the Peachy's house. And I started my truck, and we started leaving and driving. Um, and as soon as I pulled out of their house, I haven't talked to them yet. It might have been the Peachy's that did this. Uh, my car started messing up. The engine started messing up. It wasn't going as fast as I was pushing the pedal down, expecting it to go. And Maddie was behind me, and if Maddie's ever been behind you, you can probably see what's in her back seat, because she's in your back seat. Um, she's, just, she's just such a great pastor. She just wants to be there with you and help you and support you, and she's just right there in your back seat. So I call her, and I said, hey, there's something wrong with my truck. Can you back off a little bit? I don't know what's going on. I said, or I can open my tailgate, and you can just get in. And the power had slowed down. And as we kept driving and I made the turn to go back toward Williston, there was a, a light that started flashing, and that's never good. And then something at the bottom of the bar where it tells you how much gas is left made the statement, reduced engine power. And I said, I didn't ask you, truck, to reduce the engine power. And now my car is in the shop as we're trying to figure out what the three different codes it was throwing but we have favor with God and with man and mechanics. Praise God. They're going to find that issue, and it's not going to be expensive. There it is. See, I knew, I knew the answer. With you, your prayer was answered, but you should have done that to the plane or something. Not, oh, they were driving. They didn't fly. Praise God. Lord, fix it. But today I want to help you in getting a power boost in your life. I know what my truck is capable of. It's got a V8 engine. It's got some nice pipes on it. Makes a nice noise when you're driving around. It's got power. When I push that gas pedal, it gets up and go. And I recognized that there was an immediate difference, a different shift in the power in my truck, what I once had and what I didn't have. And as I was driving home, I thought, boy, do I need a power boost. And I want to encourage you today, I want to help you in getting a power boost in your life. Have you noticed a lack of power in your life or that you need a boost in God's power today? Then I believe this message will encourage you called Power Boost. The scripture we're going to look at is Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And it starts off with saying that I may know him. And I may know him. Yesterday, today's my birthday. Yesterday, my mom always texts me because it was my born-again birthday. I got saved on August 27th, 1990, the day before I turned four. I've been serving God for over 30 years. I've been thinking about it over the weekend. All the ups and downs, I haven't been perfect by any stretch of the imagination the times that I've run away from God, the times that I've drawn near to God, the encounters that I had as a child, getting spirit-filled when I was like 10, 
the encounters I had in high school, going to church camp and, and hearing God talk to me, the encounters that I had as I grew up, went to college, went to Bible school, the encounters that I've had with God throughout ministry, the times that I was happy with him, the times that I was angry at him, the times that I was frustrated with him, the times that I just stood in his presence and felt his love. And of all the years that I've had with God, today, my prayer is this, that I may know him. I've known him a long time. I've talked to him a long time. He's talked with me. I've shared my heart. He shared his heart. But my prayer today is not I've got it figured out. I figured out this Christianity thing. I've had enough of it. My prayer today is more than it's ever been is that I may know him, that I can learn something new about him, that he can show me something new in my life, that he can take some things out. He can remove some things so that I can know him, that I may know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings, that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That word power, if you've been in church any amount of time, that word is dunamis. And that word in the original text means force, falls in line with what faith was talking about. It means abundance, praise God. It means strength. Another couple of definitions means miraculous power, mighty deeds, or mighty work. Now, I'm not talking about a normal power that you can obtain from lifting a couple of weights doing a couple of push-ups. This isn't the type of power that you can obtain on your own ability, on your own merit, that you can go out and obtain. If I pay enough money, if I take enough supplements, if I go to the right trainer, then I can get the power that I need to help me. No, no, no. This is a different type of power boost that we're talking about in our lives. We're talking about a God-given power that can help you overcome sin, that can help you walk in abundance. I'm talking about a power boost that can help you receive strength when everyone and everything else is failing around you. I'm talking about a God-given power to perform miracles, signs, and wonders, mighty deeds, mighty works that cannot be done on your own. I'm talking about a God-given power boost today that can help you get the breakthrough that you need. So we're going to talk about, number one, what decreases the power of God in our lives. I want the power, and we're going to talk about that power, but first I want to talk about the negative. I want to talk about what decreases the power of God in our lives. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, Jesus is in his hometown, and it says here, now he did not do many mighty or power works there because of their unbelief. In Mark chapter 6, it's the same story. It says that he marveled at their unbelief. Don't we all want God to marvel at us? Don't we all want God to be amazed at us, be in awe and wonder? But I definitely don't want God to be in awe or wonder of my unbelief. 
of all the humans, of all the people in the whole world, of the history of the world, Jeremiah Paul Land is the most unbelieving person I've ever met. I am so amazed at that. He says that he marveled at their unbelief. What decreases the power of God in our lives? Unbelief equals a power killer. This is Jesus himself, 100% God, 100% man. And it says that he could not but do a couple of power works because of their unbelief. Unbelief is a power killer. But praise God, the opposite is also true. If unbelief is a power killer, then faith is a power enabler. The woman with the issue of blood was going to enable the power of Jesus, whether he wanted to or not, because all the way in whatever town she was, wherever she was at, she says, if I just touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be made whole. Jesus didn't know that, because when she grabbed him, what did he say? Who touched me? He wasn't expecting that, because faith is a power enabler. And when man, woman, or humanity reaches their faith up to God, then power is released. But what kills the power of God, miracle, wonder, working power of God, is unbelief. Will he do it? Can he do it? Is he able to do it? Does he know who I am? There's no way he'll do it for me. I mean, that's cool that faith told that story, but he wouldn't do that for me. It's great that the pastor told that story, but he wouldn't do that for me. Yeah, he probably won't. Unbelief is a power killer. But what if you believed he will do it for me? As he is, so am I. God is on my side. He gives me the victory. He gives me the power. He is the overcomer, and the overcomer lives inside of me. 1 Corinthians 15, 56. What is another thing that can decrease the power of God in our lives? 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says, The sting of death is sin, yikes, and the strength or the power of sin is the law. The sting of death is sin, and the strength or the power, the same word, dunamis, power, is the law. Early on in our marriage, after we had moved from Louisiana, we were living in an apartment in Dallas, single one-bedroom apartment. We had a washer and dryer in there. And the washer and dryer were in this kind of cubby area, and our dryer quit working. I mean, it would still work, but it wasn't drying. It would just turn. It was like a fan, I guess. So I called my dad. I looked on the Internet, and I figured out after all of these things that I was going to fix it. I'm going to show my wife that I'm a man. I'm going to fix this dryer for her. So I I shimmied out the dryer, and I jumped in between the washer, the wall, and the dryer, and I was taking the back panel off so that I could see the wires, so I could see what it was and what was going on, take a picture of it, send it to my dad. So I take the panel off, and it looks like somebody had just done a bomb. There's green wires and red wires and yellow wires, I said, always cut the red. That's what the TV shows taught me. 
And before I decided to start cutting wires to fix the dryer, I'm shimmied back there. My back's against the wall. My knee's up against the dryer. I realize that the dryer's still plugged in. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be smart. Before I cut the wires, I'm going to unplug the dryer and not kill myself. What I didn't know is when I shimmied the dryer out, the plug came out a little bit. And I'm sitting there up against the wall in between the dryer, washer here. My wife knows I'm back there but can't see me. And I start doing this to try and grab the plug. The plug was already out, and my finger decided to touch the metal part of the plug that was plugged into the outlet. And I decided at that moment that I was going to go. I didn't decide. That plug decided that I was going to go on the ride of my life. As I can't move, as I am being hindered from standing up, I thought whenever you get electrocuted, the lights are supposed to flash to let somebody know I'm dying. But my wife is cooking, and she's singing, and she's watching TV, and she's having a blast. And here I am fully immobilized, not being able to move because it was a power that I was never supposed to touch. In this scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 56, says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. The Gentiles were never supposed to experience the power of the law. Because when they touched it, just like me, they became immobilized. They became paralyzed. It's not designed. Sin is not designed to flourish in your body. I don't want to break the bank and break the news to you, but sin is a bad thing. Sin does bad things. The wages of sin is life and more abundant. That's not what the Scripture says. The wages of sin is always death. It's always going to take you to death. The power of sin is the law. This is what decreases. This is what stops. This is what hinders the power of God in your life. That when we touch the law, when we try and be like the law, follow all the festivals, and do what the Israel, circumcision and all those things, it's a power we're not supposed to be touching. And just like me, it immobilizes you, it paralyzes you, and it stops the power of God from flowing. But enough about that. Let's talk about how do I receive and or boost the power of God. We see the ways that the enemy will try and tempt us to remove that power out of our lives, to make us forget about the power that is inside of us, to hide it, to hinder it, to slow it down. But how do I receive and or boost the power of God? The first step is salvation. Praise God. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. Salvation is the absolute manifestation, revelation of the power of God. It is doing something that you cannot do. It is providing a strength. It is providing an abundance. It is providing a mighty work. It is taking you from the darkness into the light. It is taking you from hell into heaven. It is taking you from an enemy of God into a son and daughter of the Most High God. It is the power of God, the absolute 
That's why we preach the gospel message over and over and over. I'll never get tired of saying that Christ died for your sins. He was buried in a tomb, and he rose again the third day. And if anyone believes, if anyone confesses, then they receive the power of God immediately. If I'm God, you shouldn't receive that. I'm going to give you a 60-day window to see if you receive my power. I'm not going to give you all of the grace, all of the love, all of the mercy, all of the access to my kingdom. If I'm God, thank God I'm not. I want to give you a 90-day window, like when you're working a job. I'll give you insurance if you stay 90 days. I'll give you your vacation time if you stay 90 days. If you stay in the kingdom for 90 days, I'll give you the power of God. I'm not giving you on day one. But that's not who God is. God is an abundant God, and he likes to pour out himself on you. He likes to show off, and he likes to show out. He likes to flex his muscles and remind the devil that he's been defeated every time he saves somebody. The first thing he does is show off his power, something that you can't do on your own. He does in salvation. It is the power of God. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, Paul writes, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. We've all talked to somebody at work. We've talked to somebody out there. And they say, you go to that church? Do you raise your hands? Do you talk in that silly language called Tongues? Do you believe that God cares about your finances? Do you believe that God cares about healing you? Do you read this book? You know how old it is? You know how many mistakes there are? You know that, a man, that men wrote it? Men can't spell. Men don't know how to put a sentence together. You believe all that? Yeah, hook, line, and sinker I do. But the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are out there perishing. But if we can just get them in here, if we can just have a moment with them and expose them to salvation, they experience the power of God and they go from darkness into light and say, I once was blind, but now I see. I'll raise my hands. I'll pray to God. I'll talk to him. I'll tell others about him. I can't be quiet about how good my God is. It's foolishness to those who are pairing. But to us, but to me, hopefully to you, are being saved, it is the power of God. There are many, many hundreds, if not thousands of people who died on a cross. That was the Romans' forte. That was their specialty, hanging people on a cross. Many, many, many men, women, children, who knows, died on a cross. But there was one man who decided to die on a cross for your sins. There were many of men who died on that cross for their sins, for what they did, for what laws they broke. But there was one man who was perfect, who decided to die on a cross, not for his sins, but for your sins and my sins. And in that is the power of God. How do you want to receive the power of God? It's simply by believing, confessing with your mouth, believing with your heart. You are saved And God gives you the keys to the kingdom. 
And whatever you decide to bind or loose on earth can also be bound and loose in heaven. So my prayer is let the kingdom come. I want to see heaven up there. If there's healing up there, I want to see it right here in the middle of my life. If there's prosperity up there, then I want to see it right here in the middle of my life. If there's something to overcome sin, death, hell, and the grave, then I want to see it right here, right now in this church and in my life. I want to see the power of God to go, to transition, to change from something you were to something that you never could have become. When I was a kid, my favorite, favorite superhero was Spider-Man because he was tall and lanky, goofy like me, all arms and legs and can't do nothing. He got bit by a spider, not just any spider, a special spider, a radioactive spider. And it changed his life. Think about this. If you read Peter Parker back in the day when he was in high school, he couldn't even pick up all his books. He'd get kicked over by the bullies, get shoved into the lockers. He could barely walk. He gets bit by the spider, and he receives these superhero powers, and he goes from barely walking to running and from barely running to flying through the skyscrapers of New York. He can barely pick up his books in high school. He's so weak. He's so fragile. But when he experiences this outside power that he could have never had on his own, he went from barely picking up books to picking up vehicles to, vic- to picking up enemies to doing things that he never thought he could do. The Holy Spirit, when he is placed inside of you, By simply saying yes to salvation, the power of God is placed inside of you. And that is how, when Jesus released the Great Commission, you can go out and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. How you can give sight to the blind. How you can raise the dead. How you can cast out demons. How anything that tries to attack you or bite you or bring poison into your life, you can shake it off by the power of God. Now you're saved. You're walking out your salvation. You know that the power of God is there, but you're tired. You're weary. You forgot about it. You haven't used it. You haven't accessed it. Well, what do I do to boost the power of God in my life? 2 Timothy 2.7, we've all heard this scripture before. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but the very first thing that God wants to give you Right now, in this moment, he gave it to you at salvation, but he also wants to give you power. But God, once again, being an abundant God, doesn't want to just give you one thing. God wants to give you a bunch of things because God loves you, and he loves pouring gifts out on you. So he wants to give you power and love and the one that we all need the most, a sound mind. So at any point, at any time, God is willing, ready, and able to give you the power that you need to help you in the situation that you're going through right now. You might have forgotten about it. You might not have used it. You might have ignored it. But when you're standing in front of somebody that says, I'm sick and I need to be healed, all of a sudden, whoop, God, I need the power of God to show up for a mighty miracle to happen in this person's life. And the last thing, there's others out there, but the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You knew I was going to talk about it. But you shall receive power, amen, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And when you receive that power, look what it's going to propel you to do, to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, 
and to the ends of the earth. Father, be with that situation right now. Bring peace to it in the name of Jesus. Protect those that are going to it and protect those that are already there. I thought that was, I thought that was, the, I was like, is that a fire truck? The Holy Spirit. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Another important reason, we just finished our six-week series uh, that we did as a Bible study over the summer on the Holy Spirit. Another reason for you to speak in tongues, building yourself up in the most holiest of faith, praying in tongues, it says in Jude. That's how you receive power, praying the mysteries of God. Speaking in tongues is another way to reinvigorate, to boost up the power of God. And the last question I have, and I'll finish as we're closing out, is why do I need a power boost? Why do I need it? You're talking about it. Hopefully, I've sold enough of it already, but I'll give you some more reasons. Why do I need the power boost? 1 Corinthians 6, 14. 1 Corinthians 6, 14 says, And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power, by his power. When I was in high school, college, I had a Toyota Tundra, and it was more of a show truck than an actual truck truck. Had a V8 in it, but it was a two-wheel drive. It was my boss's old truck. It's a real pretty truck. And all of my friends had trucks as well, but they had truck trucks. You know what I mean. So they would go mudding all the time. They had the big tires. They had the four-wheel drive. And I decided one day, I'm going mudding with y'all. And they advised against it because they knew I had a show truck. And I didn't have a truck truck. But I said, I'm going. And so there was this little path that we went on. It was actually in a neighborhood. It wasn't out in the mud, really. It was just some divots on the side of the road. And my show truck got stuck stuck. It had to be pulled out by the truck trucks. And as I was driving through, thinking I had everything figured out, everything situated, mud spraying everywhere, and I'm like, look at me, I'm so cool, I hit a deeper hole and got stuck. Mud's going everywhere. All my friends stop because they made it through it. They were ahead of me. They start turning their cars around, pulling their winches out, leaning up against their big mud tires, pointing and laughing at me as they're trying to figure it out. But I got stuck, and I needed something more powerful. I needed something better. I needed something from the outside to raise me up out of what I've been stuck on. It says here that God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up, raise you up by his power. You've been stuck somewhere. You've been stuck. Life has bogged you down. It happens to the best of us. It's happened to all of us. But at some point in time, we have to ask for help. God, help me. I can't get out of this situation. I can't figure it out. I can't do it on my own. And he says, I'm going to give you a power boost, and I'm going to raise you up. And I'm going to bring you out of the miry clay, the Scripture says. And I'm going to set your feet on solid ground, help raise you up. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And that may you, I'm sorry, that you may know, there it is again, that I may know him. That I may know him. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? In verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward who? Toward you and toward me, toward us. Who what? Believe. Not in unbelief. Unbelief is a power killer. But here it says the power is going to be shown toward us when we believe according to the working of his mighty power. So I get to see the exceeding greatness of his power working in me by him showing off his power. All I have to do is believe, and I'm going to receive his power, and he's going to give me his power. There's nothing that I have to do except believe. He's going to show up, and he's going to show out. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? So he can help. Why do I need a power boost? So he can help raise me up. So he can help me and show off his power in me. And remember, the blessing of Abraham is that I am blessed and I'm also a blessing. So not only do I get to receive the power of God in my own life, in my own situations, but I get to use that power and show off that power. And I get to tell people about my God and how good he is and how much he loves them and how much he wants to raise them up and how much he wants to bring them out of sin and bring them into heaven, how much he wants to turn them from an enemy into a son and daughter of God, how he wants to change their lives. That's why you need a power boost. The power of God is available to you the moment you receive your salvation. If you need a power boost, then just ask and let God fill you with a power boost. Do not reduce the power by unbelief, but boost the power today. And I've got one more scripture. Faith, would you? I know you're in the middle of that, but would you just come play for me so I could? In Dallas, she used to play all the time, whether I was preaching or doing whatever. Her and Jesse, and it just does something for me. Romans 15, 13 is my last scripture. This is actually how I ended our Holy Spirit class. This was the last scripture I put up there. Now, may the God of hope, this is my prayer for you today, if you need a power boost. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, fill you with all peace. Look at that again, in believing. Unbelief is a power killer, but believing, it's limitless. That you may abound, that you may abound today in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. My prayer for you today. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life, but God knows. And God sent me here today to remind you that you need a power boost. We all need a power boost You could be the most spiritual of Christians doing the most greatest of things. But you know what? goes back to the same scripture, that I may know him. I know the extent of his power in my life, but I want to know more power. I want to experience more of him. I want to go deeper than I've ever been and experience him like I've never experienced him before. I need a power boost. After being saved for over 30 years, I'm praying today to God, give me another power boost. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up, God. Fill me up so that I can have an overflow. 
I'm not tired. I'm not weary. I'm not dragging in on Sunday, barely making it. No, no, no. I'm getting filled up today so that I can go out there and share the power of God, the mighty works, the mighty miracles, the abundance that the people out there need that you interact with every day. I need a power boost for my own life, but I need a power boost for my spouse, for my kids, for my family, for my extended family, for my coworkers. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Let's stand up as we get ready to head out today. If you need a power boost in your life, I just ask you, close your eyes. If you feel comfortable raising your hands, just have a moment with God and say, fill me up. Fill me up. Just like at the very beginning, I receive. I receive. I've experienced your power before, but I want to experience it more. I receive. My prayer is that I just want to know you, to know you more, to experience you more. God, use me. Use us to go out there and share the power of God with people that need that power. They're stuck. They're stuck in the mud. They're stuck in their sin. There's no power. They have no way to get out of it outside of a miracle from God, a breakthrough from God. Fill me up. Fill me up. I need a power boost today. Power boost today. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you all next week. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.